punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle-busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same-game multi every NRL match at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome everyone to episode 440 of Fergan Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and we have just watched the first game of the final series in 2022. The Penrith Panthers have beaten the Parramatta Eels 27 points to 8 at Penrith Football Stadium. Really interesting game of football. I think we learned a lot about both, both of these teams. Now, you're going to have to forgive me because I've had a couple to drink tonight. I watched it on TV. I didn't go to the stadium tonight. Um, really tense first half. Very, very tense first half. Both teams looked very evenly matched. One of the things you could see early on was that the Panthers' defense was wrapping up the Parramatta attackers, so they won't be, weren't able to get too many offloads. And that's one of the things that has really powered the Parramatta Eels over the last few weeks when they've been on this run is that they've been able to offload the ball a lot. Penrith cut that right down. And this game basically turned into a who breaks first game. Um, And that's what you see a lot in the finals. And you normally see that with younger teams when they face older teams and older teams know to kind of put it up the jumper and wait for the younger team to make mistakes. Unfortunately, in this case, it was the Parramatta Eels that started making mistakes pretty often in that second half. But in the first half, very even match. Um, Penrith scored first, Parramatta hit back. Then Mitch Moses goes for a field goal, misses. And there was something about that miss that you just knew Nathan Cleary was going to come up the field and kick a field goal. And if he had have missed it, it would have been like, well, that was cheeky. But when he got it, there was something about that moment in the match that, I don't know, it, um, that was a big game player moment. Now, in the first half, Nathan Cleary was the best player on the field. In the second half, he got even better. Parramatta hit back just after half time. Uh, and it looked like it looked like the game was going to be the sort of game where it was like, oh, is, what's how's Penrith going to react to this? Penrith dominated from that point on. They ran away with the contest. Um, you know, too many mistakes by Parramatta. Cleary's kicking game just put them under all sorts of pressure all night. Then he started running the ball, and you've heard us talk about it on the podcast. He is one of the best ball runners in the game, let alone for being a halfback. Uh, there was a moment in the second half where Mitch Moses went in for a tackle on uh, kick out and just got his head in the wrong position and was turned off. And it was a really, really bad head knock to the point where you would have to question whether he will be right for next week. Part of me thinks he won't be. You know, there are some head knocks that you see and you're like, you know, that's a bad one and it's 50-50 whether they'll be back for the following week. That one for Moses was, that. I mean, that's as bad as it gets, you know, and hopefully he's all right. He's going to be a sick and sorry boy for the next week at the very least. Now, the Eels are going to take on the winner of the Melbourne Storm versus Canberra Raiders game, which we will see tomorrow. But... I think they've got a lot of things they've got to work on, you know. A lot of the players that 
had stood up for them over the last number of weeks really didn't stand up in this game. Mitch Moses was kept pretty quiet before he left the field. Gutherson was a non-factor in this match. He did absolutely nothing. Uh, Dylan Brown, he didn't really do anything either. I thought the Eels forwards were pretty good, considering that they're running into that brick wall of a Panthers defense. I've never seen a defensive side hit as brutally and as consistently and for a full 80 minutes as I've seen this Panthers side. They're they're the best defensive team I've ever seen. Uh, The way they wrap the ball up, the way that they blast teams in tackles. You know, it's funny because early in the second half, I'm watching the Panthers attack and I'm like, their attack isn't really that great. But they get a lot of points on the board late in the game because they've just blasted the opposition team. You know, we haven't seen too many teams like this. I know that you've heard me and Andrew talk about the Manly Seagulls of the mid-90s. They were probably the best defensive teams that me and Andrew have have seen in our lifetime, and me and him have talked about that on and off the podcast. But this Panthers team is something else. It is absolutely incredible defensively. But they've got to go on with it. Now, they've got the week off. They get to watch everyone else next weekend bash each other up. This is the third year in a row that they've got to the preliminary final. Uh, I think it's fair to say that of the teams that you look at in the competition at the moment, who has momentum, um, they're on the good side of the draw. And I think that they should be confident. They have worked out how to take the week off and really use it to their advantage. And we've talked about how the Melbourne Storm were really the first team to work out how to do that properly. And most teams know how to take the week off now. But the Panthers, I think as a young side, you worry about some that sometimes, how they're going to handle that. But the Panthers have worked that out. Um, and just a really interesting game. The way they've dominated the Eels in that match it just shows you that there's regular season football and then there's finals football because the Eels are the only team that have beaten Penrith twice this year. And in this finals game, like when the rubber met the road, the Panthers ran away with it at the end. So really, really interesting contest. I didn't want to let this match go without recording something because I think when you look at all of the finals matches for the rest of the the round, I tend to think that the Canberra versus Storm game is going to be a bit of a walkover. The North Queensland versus Cronulla game, I don't know about. You know, it it could go either way, but I just feel as though both of those teams are maybe, maybe a season too early. I could be wrong. They could work it out, but it just feels like it's a season too early for both of those teams. And then the... It's weird because the Roosters have a lot of experience in finals football, so they kind of know what it takes to go on with it at this point. And we know that the Rabbitohs also have a fair bit of experience in their side, but they've also got last year's experience to draw upon. And I think that it's fair to say that losing a grand final is a huge motivation to winning the following year. And there used to be a a thought in... Rugby League in Australia, before the NRL even, 
that you had to lose one to win one. And you've got to wonder if that will be something that sits with the Rabbitohs and, and, and they kind of carry forward through the final series. I said during the preview when you've got a team that, you know, the team's playing the last round of the regular season and then they play in the first round of the finals. I tend to go for the team that lost the game. So that's why I'm going for the rabbit. Well, I'm not going for them, but, you know, I've tipped them. And so I just wouldn't be shocked if we see the Rabbitohs start to do something in this final series. Now, where does Parramatta go from here? They lose against their rivals and a team that they, I think they felt like they definitely had the wood on, the Panthers. Turns out they don't. There's a lot of pressure on them to get the job done. There's a lot of pressure on them that, kind of has to happen pretty soon or it's not going to happen for this group of players and definitely this coach. I worry about... I worry about them, you know? I think if they don't have Mitch Moses next week, they're they're basically done. They need to have Mitch Moses on the field. And that's a worry because are they going to push him into the match? And I don't mean the Eels. I I mean, Mitch Moses right now, if you said to him, are you going to be right to play next week? He would say yes. That's why they are NRL footballers. Footballers at this level, the elite level, they're not great players because they think, you know what? I can't do this on a football field. They all think they can do something on a football field. So I completely expect Mitch Moses to feel as though he will be fine to play next week whether he is able to play next week and the doctors clear him is another thing. If he doesn't play, I think the Eels are done this year. And then there are going to be obvious questions going into next season, you know, because they've kind of had this sort of momentum before, many, many times before, and things have lined up for them and then it's all fallen apart in the final series and you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And to have to play probably the Storm next week. I mean, just the worst case scenario for the Eels, really. At the same time, I could see where they could get back on track and make the grand final. It's a really, really interesting final series we've got this year. And it's pretty clear now that Penrith are the team to beat. And it's just a case of who can match them at this point. And that's the amazing thing about Rugby League Final Series is that you don't know how it's going to play out. That's why we play the games, as I always say. If I had a catchphrase, if someone said, what was League Freak's catchphrase for Rugby League? I think I've told the story where Arthur Beetson, his sort of catchphrase and the thing that he would write when he signed signatures was enjoy the game. Mine would be, that's why we play the games. Because you never know until the games are played. And that's what's great about rugby league, is that you get to watch these moments on the field where it's not just a sporting performance. It's almost as though you see, I won't say the character of people, but you see, you see what a player can produce when the pressure is really, really on. And some players crack and some players stand up. Others handle it fine. 
while some players just fall apart. And that's why it's important to get that grand final success. If you don't have that grand final success, it's hard to say that you got it done when it mattered. And it was interesting because I was listening to the commentary during this match and there was a moment where one of the commentators said about something about um, the Balmain side that couldn't win a, a grand final in the late 80s. And Blocker Roach said, that hurts to hear that. And there's a reason that hurts a great player like Steve Roach, who undoubtedly was the best forward in the game for a number of years, a player that I think is probably underrated for what he could do and a player that I think could handle, you know, playing rugby league in the modern era, which, you know, you've got to remember, he started in a five-meter era. He definitely handled the 10-meter era and he would be in this current era of we've got more talent in the forwards than we've ever had before in the game's history. He would be one of the elite players right now. For a big dude, he moved very well, and, and that was an underrated part of his game. That was why he was one of the elite, elite front rowers. Um, but for even a great like him, to not be able to say he won a grand final burns him. And I wonder where that sits with the current Parramatta Eels players because if you've listened to our podcast over the last number of weeks, you've heard us both saying that, you know, this is a Parramatta Eels team with a lot of players that are rated pretty highly by people, but that don't have great winning resumes in terms of holding trophies over their heads. And at some point, that does begin to count against a player. And at some point, it starts to weigh on a player. And I say that as a Panthers fan who we lost against the Storm uh, in 2020. If we would have lost last year's grand final, I think it would have been devastating to this this current Panthers side because we didn't really lose anyone they would have had a monkey on their back that would have been really hard to remove. But they got them, that monkey off their back with the win against the, the Rabbitohs. And, you know, you can see that it changed the Panthers team. It changed their players. They don't have to worry that they won't be that team. The Parramatta Eels right now are sitting in a dressing room at Penrith Football Stadium wondering if they are that team. And that's not a good place to be. So I just wonder how it's going to pan out for the Eels. Um, can they turn it around? Do they have something for the winner of the Storm versus Raiders match? Can they drag themselves back into this final series? And can they get the momentum that they had leading into the final series and drive themselves to a grand final success. Only they know that. And we won't know that collectively as a fan base. In terms of being a rugby league fan base. Until we watch them. You know do it on the field. Because. Man when it comes to finals. All the talk is cheap. It doesn't mean anything. And. You know it's good to have a really good regular season. 
But at the end of the day, regular season wins against finals opponents, no one remembers them when you lose your finals games. And that's something that the Parramatta Eels are going to have to reckon with over the next few weeks. Um, Very, very interesting scenario for them. As for the Panthers, they lost Tail and May uh, late in the game with a hamstring injury, it looks like. It looked like it was a bit of a bad one too, like he was straight off the field. In fact, he, he kind of, he did it trying to score a try. He didn't get close to scoring a try, but he was over the sideline, didn't come back on the field. So I wouldn't be shocked if he was out for the final series. I think with the depth that the Panthers have, it would be a little bit of a shock if they ran anybody out that has any sort of, you know, niggling injury. I don't think they need to do that. Um, Brian Toto in this game was magnificent. A lot of yardage, great try scoring, um, and really tough try score scoring as well. Like, especially his second try was... He must have beat three or four players and just put his head down and just went for it. Such a great player. We're very lucky to have him. But this game was very much a Nathan Cleary exhibition. And, you know, in the past we've looked at Cleary and we've said he's got a lot of the technical things right. His defense is good. His kicking game is good. He can pick and choose when to run the ball. But to be a truly great halfback, to be considered one of the great halfbacks, you've got to do something extra. You've got to drag your team along. You've got to stand up in the games that matter. This was one of those contests. I think this is the best game that Nathan Cleary has played since there was a a State of Origin game last year where I think that it was the best game he'd played to this point and he just stood up and just carried the Blues to a victory. It was fantastic. This game was on that sort of level. And when you look at the age of Cleary and the experience he already has, he's already a grand final winner. This was one of those games where it was like, I actually was thinking, I'm so glad that we signed him to a long-term deal. (laughs) Because it was one of those games where it's like, what's Nathan Cleary worth in the NRL? If he can play like this in a finals game, after being off for five weeks, what's he worth to an NRL club? And it turns out he signed for the Panthers long-term a few months ago and probably took unders to stay at the club, to be fair. Um, Just a magnificent game by him. And I've got to say, as a Panthers game, I was very nervous about this game going in. I don't think I sat down after we... Scored that first try. I stood up for the rest of the match. Uh, My Apple Watch ticked off and said I'd done all of my exercising and walking and stuff for the whole day. Uh, About, what would have been, 30 minutes from full time. So this was a big win for the Panthers. But, you know, the bigger wins are ahead of us. And I think the thing coming out of this game is the Panthers are the team to beat. Where are the Eels going to go from here? And now we get to see the rest of the teams in the competition show us what they're made of. So, interesting. Very interesting. I love finals football. It's when it really counts. It's when 
real legends of the game are made. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to jump on, make sure I recorded a podcast, get something out there. I'll try to report, record a podcast after all the finals games, um, but I won't have had as much to drink after those games, obviously. So, thank you for listening. Uh, check out leaguefreak.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go the Mighty Panthers. And I will talk to you after tomorrow night's matches. Palmerbet with the big don't argue. Punters will love that. Download our app today and enjoy tackle busting benefits with great odds, more markets, and same game multi every NRL match at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858.